Welcome to the Get a Job, Here's How podcast, the practical how-to guide for women returning to the workforce, recent grads, and those looking to get the job of their dreams. Now, here's the founder of the Back to Business Women's Conference and your host, Katie Dunn. Hey listeners, this is Katie. I'm glad to be with you today and really excited because we're going to tackle a tough topic of finding opportunity in this tough COVID job market. And I've got the expert of all experts here with me today. So really excited to introduce you to Amanda Augustine. Amanda's a well-recognized expert in career advancement, ranging from developing one's professional brand to acing that next interview. She's a certified professional career coach and a certified professional resume writer, and she's spent the past 15 years helping professionals improve their careers and find the right job sooner. In 2015, Amanda became the resident career expert for Talent Inc.'s suite of brands, which includes top resume, top CV, and top interview. In addition, Amanda's a highly sought after speaker. Her clients have included big corporations, universities, nonprofit groups, including KPMG, Marie Claire, Ann Taylor, Marist College, Step Up Women's Network, and Streetwise Partners. You probably remember Amanda from when she was the media spokesperson for a decade at The Ladders, where she provided guidance for professionals looking to improve their careers, and her work has been featured in The New York Times, Forbes, Fast Company, Time, Fortune, Business Insider, Glamour, and Working Mother. So Amanda, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. Yes, absolutely. So I'm really excited to have Amanda here. I know back in 2014, when I was looking to get back into the full-time workforce after spending a lot of years working part-time and being home with four kids, that the ladders felt like my lifeline to the working world. And your wisdom would arrive in my email inbox on a very regular basis. And so I'm, I'm excited to have you here and, and know you have a ton of great information to share with our listeners. Oh, that's wonderful. I yeah. love that. So let's talk about this tough COVID job market. And this has been a recurring theme on this show for pretty much most of 2020, as I'm sure it has in all job search conversations. And I'd love to just hear from your perspective, start off with a big picture question, and how can job seekers find opportunities when it looks like all the news is about layoffs and furloughs and I I, I totally hear you and everyone out there who feels that way. And yes, there are definitely areas, industries that are not hiring right now and are still struggling. But you have to keep in mind, there are other industries, other sectors that are hiring. And so the one thing that I'm always telling job seekers right now is that you need a short-term plan and a long-term plan. Because if the industry that you love or the industry that you worked in previously that you were hoping to get back into, if that's just not hiring right now, entertainment, uh, hospitality, event management, if those things aren't available at the moment, I'm not going to say give up on that, but you're probably going to need a short-term plan if you need to be employed right now. And that's okay. It's okay to take a little U-turn or a little side turn out of that given career path that you were hoping to continue on. And so the first thing is to understand where are the jobs today? And you have to understand 
what's available and then map it against what you have to offer and what makes the most sense. So you can certainly start by looking at job boards. And I think that's a good first step just to get a lay of the land. Who's publishing? What's coming out? What companies are you seeing? More specifically, what industries are you seeing that are pub- that are publishing opportunities? Knowing that there are probably others that are not being published as well, but this at least gives you an idea of what are you not seeing at all? Okay, that's probably not a good area to hunt for at the moment, uh, but look at what's available. So I would start, and I know it's so silly, I could name a million job boards, but my favorite tip is run an online search, run a Google search for jobs in X industry, these types of roles, whatever that might be, you can throw in the word job board, but chances are you'll come up with search results that will help gear you towards the opportunities and the sites that are going to contain the opportunities that um, will resonate most with you. I would also point out that take stock of not just what you have to offer, but truly what can you do today? I'm working full-time from home with a four-year-old with special needs who's in a hybrid education system. There's no way I could commit to a new job that required me to be in the office every single day or wouldn't allow me to have a flexible work schedule to work around when I have childcare and when my child is in school and when I have to help home school. So really think about what's feasible today because you can't commit to a job that's going to require you to leave the house every day if that's truly not an option for you. Uh, So you may start gearing towards the opportunities or the job boards that focus on only remote opportunities for the short term. And there are a million out there and I'm happy to give some names, but I also think it's so easy. You can run a very quick Google search to find out where those lie. And I'd rather talk about some of the other things that are not so easily attainable from a simple Google search. Yeah, absolutely. And before we move on from there, I want to just touch on your comment about the short-term plan and the long-term plan, because that really makes a ton of sense in a job market like we're seeing now. And so the short-term plan might be geared more towards feeding the family this month and just making sure you've got some cash flow, whereas the longer-term plan, yes. And then, and the longer term plan is more focused around what you maybe ultimately feel like is your vision for your career and where you want to take it in the future. And you can make inroads in the long-term plan. You can start building the right network that's going to help you get there. You can look, and if it's a job that's a leap for you and not just re-entering at a spot you were at before, you might be looking at, or even if it is something that you're coming back into, what skills are required, what previous experience, and perhaps that can be in the back of your head as you're looking for that short-term plan, if it's reasonable. Um, It's really going to depend on the industry, to be quite honest. Absolutely. And I like how you talk about job boards and using them to figure out what's the lay of the land out there. Who, Where are the industries that are publishing a lot of job openings right now? And I think that's a really good way to think about and use job boards is not that it's your sole job searching strategy, but it's giving you direction and maybe pointing you in the right place as far as finding those pockets of opportunity of who's hiring now. 100%. 100%. It's a good starting off point. And when you find that opportunity, then there are other levers you can start pulling to hopefully get yourself ahead of the over 250 applications that the average job listing was getting before the pandemic. <laughs> I haven't seen a stat about what they look like now, but I, I would I can only assume that you're now dealing with 
more competition. If the average was 250 in the past, we can assume it's up against a lot more today. I think it's also a good idea if you set up a Google News alert. And so you run a simple Google search and then say, yeah, I want to make this an alert. And I want you to email me when headlines similar to this pop up. Look for Google News. That's about hiring adding jobs, things, phrases that you're seeing in headlines when you hear that Amazon's expanding and hiring 3,500 workers in six cities across the country. You're looking for some of that language and that will also help things pop up even maybe before you're seeing anything pop up on job boards. That's another way to help you understand where the hiring is taking place today and where you might want to search deeper. Great. And you also talk about the power of three, which I think is a really relevant concept here. Do you want to walk us through that? For sure. Job seeking is a sales and marketing exercise. At the end of the day, I always keep that in the back of your mind. And there's a prep, a search, and a close phase, very similar to a sales fund. You're identifying those target opportunities, the types of employers and the types of opportunities you want to pursue or work for. You're building your personal marketing collateral, your resume, your cover letter, your LinkedIn profile, your online portfolio, depending on what type of role you're you're pursuing and what your background is in. And then you're pursuing leads. And you never want to only use one method to find jobs, whether you were going to find leads for, for a sales job or, or jobs for, for your job search. You always want to maximize the total number of relevant opportunities that you can uncover. And so I like to talk about um, harnessing the power of three because there are three primary ways to go about finding new opportunities. There is applying for and following up to online postings. And those may be on traditional job boards. Those may be on corporate websites. They may be on social media, but looking for where those opportunities are being advertised and applying for them. There's working with recruiters. There are recruiters that work inside a corporation, but there are also third-party recruiters known as external recruiters, third-party that work either on a contingent basis or they're retained by, by a client, a company. So working with them in order to apply or make inroads on those opportunities. And then the third is leveraging both your personal as well as your professional network. And I think especially for women who may have children who may be coming back into the workplace, it's so important not to discount your personal connections. I don't care if they've never worked in the industry that you're interested in. You don't know who they know, who's in their family, who has a best friend who happens to work at your dream company. More than one study has been done that has shown you are 10 times more likely to land the job, not just get an interview, but land the job if your application is accompanied by some sort of referral, because those referrals are their waiting calls. They're incredibly important. They will get you past some of those gatekeepers you're going to find early on, both the electronic ones with the software the companies are using to vet your application, as well as those initial reviews by, say, a coordinator or a sourcer at a company, someone in recruitment who's not necessarily really tied to the role that's trying that they're trying to fill. So the more that you can find those personal as well as professional connections to the employers or the industries that interest you most, the better off you will be. They can vouch for you. They can advocate for you. It's more than just a referral. And so in order to maximize those leads, combine all three of those practices. You have to give them all a really good shot because they work best when you use them in tandem with one another. 
Great. And I love talking about referrals because like you said, you've got some great stats on that. 10 times more likely to get the job. That's pretty amazing. And then when you think about it, it really de-risks the hire for an employer. If you're hiring somebody who is our star employee, Amanda's friend, we already know Amanda. So we probably know that she hangs out with people and is willing to use her social professional capital recommending people who would be a good fit here and do good work for us. And I think that's so important because it's not just vouching for this person has integrity and is a hard worker and can learn and and that sort of thing. But also, I think they'd be a good fit within this company culture. And and we've seen study after study, uh, jobs, which I love, they come out with such great data that, that I really love to use. I know they came out with one that I want to say it was 83% of employers consider cultural fit to be one of the top three most important things when you're evaluating a candidate. Yes, do they have the skills to do the job, but just as important, are they going to fit in with this team? And even at Top Resume, we've been surveying job seekers for, gosh, we've been doing it for almost over a year, but we just looked at the last seven months and cultural fit has skyrocketed to the number one thing that job seekers care most about. If you're going to spend time away from your family, you want it to be in a place where you enjoy where you work and you enjoy the people you have to interact with. That makes a ton of sense. That's great. Great to know. Let's, you mentioned working with recruiters. Any tips for job seekers as they work with recruiters? I, I often think there's a lot of like maybe missed or misaligned expectations when people yes, work with recruiters. Yes. Whenever anyone asks me, should I hire a recruiter? I'm like, you can't. That's not how it works. I think a lot of people, when they hear recruiter, they think of the headhunter for Mad Men. And they think it's going to be their personal rep who's going out there and pitching them to potential employers. And unfortunately, that's really not how things work. The the recruiter's primary focus and their client is the person who's paying them. And that is typically either an agency they work for that is then being employed by corporations, or if they work in-house, the company they work for. So that's always going to be their primary focus. Recruiters can be very useful, especially if they're third party and they're contingency recruiters, because that means they don't get paid unless they bring forth the candidate who lands the job. And so there's a lot of incentive for them to get the right person in. They'll be the ones that will suggest tweaks to your resume, ask you to talk more about this or don't talk about that. The ones that are trying to groom you are more likely to try and groom you for a position if they think you're a good fit and you just need to present yourself slightly differently. If you're going to, quote unquote, work with recruiters, if you're going to engage with recruiters, and I think that's a better way to look at it, You're trying to identify people who have an immediate need just to introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm in the job market. Think about me. It doesn't quite work because they're working in the moment. And depending on how many opportunities they're trying to fill at at any given time, they truly just don't pay heed to anyone who doesn't fit the bill for something they're trying to fill at that moment. Don't take it personally. It's 100% a numbers game when it comes to reaching out to recruiters. You are much better off reaching out when you know that they've recently posted an opportunity that's a good fit, or they seem to be posting a lot of opportunities that are in your ballpark. It might not be the exact one, but you just want to introduce yourself. I do think it's better. Uh, A lot of recruiting agencies' websites will say, hey, upload your resume, get in our database. I actually recommend identifying some individuals 
that are at the company and reaching out to them individually and handing in your resume that way. Because if you're already in their system, they'll assume that you will pop up when they run a certain search. They're not gonna look at your information as closely, but if they're bringing you into the database, you're gonna get a few more seconds of consideration uh, before you're uploaded into their database. We're always telling job seekers to be so cognizant of reach out to people who truly make sense, reach out to recruiters only when they're recruiting job or filling positions that make sense. But recruiters will often hit you up with a million messages, pitching you opportunities that have nothing to do with your background. And you're going, what in the world? Why are you reaching out to me? Yes, they are also playing the numbers game. It's a little bit more of the spaghetti splatter. What I would recommend is, again, don't take it personally, but use it as an opportunity to build a relationship. So if you know someone who would be a better fit for that opportunity, you can make some really good inroads and and start building a relationship with this recruiter by saying, actually, I do this type of work and I'm looking for this type of role. However, I know two people who might be a better fit. Here's the link to their LinkedIn profiles. Here's their resume because it's someone I've been talking to and I know is interested in looking. If you can provide value and kind of pay it forward, you're much more likely to be remembered by that recruiter. And hopefully you will also then get leads from that person that are a better fit because you stand out. Good point. Is there any downside to working with multiple recruiters? No, I really don't think so, to be quite honest. They like to think if, if, they, if they're forming a really tight relationship with you and they're going to bat for you, their feathers may get ruffled if they find you're working with multiple recruiters. But at the end of the day, if you find opportunities and, and it's attached to a different recruiter, you're going to go where the opportunities are. I hate to say it. I'd love to say, oh, there's all this great loyalty. But I think there is some understanding that everyone is trying to get work. And what I would caution you against is if you find two recruiters who are trying to fill and you realize it's the exact same job, pick. You got to pick. You can't play them against one another because honestly, they'll find out because the, the client will come and tell them, I already have this person. What are you doing? So that's the only time where I'd say, ah, you got to pick one versus the other if they seem to be presenting the exact same opportunity at the same company. Okay. And then as the candidate, is it on you to know what you're being submitted for so that you don't get submitted by multiple recruiters for the same opportunity? They tend to give you some information as to who they're presenting you for. You should never go in blind. You should, they may not give the name away right away because it may be confidential until the employer says, yes, we want to talk to them. And if it happens, I don't think it's the end of the world, truly. But yeah, find out what you can about the organization. I don't think of working with a recruiter as you have one recruiter, just as that recruiter is probably talking to five different candidates that they're putting forth at least. You should also be working with multiple people because you have to do what's best for you in this scenario. You don't want to burn bridges 100%. You don't want to tarnish your name, especially. Recruiting is actually more niche than you think. They talk. You know, you don't want to quit a job on day 88 when the recruiter is going to get their full commission when you hit day 90. Wait till day 92. You know? <laughs> but, but I think it's okay to work with multiple recruiters. I think that's just how the game is played these days. Yeah, I agree. It just feels like a good situation to be in. If if that's your if that's your dilemma, you're fine. Don't even worry. (laughs) Good point. I have seen a lot of really interesting crowdsourced resources around job searching this year, and I guess that stuff has probably always existed. But what I've seen in 2020 has really 
blown me away because some of this stuff is really cool. One, and by that, people who are essentially starting a big spreadsheet that a lot of people can contribute to. Here are the opportunities in this field. Here are the people to reach out to. And one that I saw that I really loved that I think is worth discussing is the pay it forward list. And that was started by the CMO at Bombas, a woman named Kate Hewitt. And so essentially she was building on the idea that a lot of people of color don't have the same professional networks that other people might. And so they sometimes get left out of the networking game or the conversations when opportunities are being discussed. And so she went to a lot of her colleagues, both in her company and at other companies, and said, hey, would you be willing to just sign yourself up, make yourself available for conversations with people of color? We'll publish our Calendly links. People can go in, use this list, select your name, sign up for time on your Calendly list, and then they have access to you, which they otherwise would not have. I First, there's so much that I love about that, but Fantastic. wanted to get your take on that as a career search professional. And have you ever seen anything like that? I haven't seen one to that effect and that specific. I do love, I, I love it. Restores my faith in humanity, frankly. <laughs> it, uh, I think you're seeing so many people come out of the woodwork and raise their hand and say, how can I help? How can I help? If you're in a position where you're fortunate enough to still be gainfully employed and making it all work, even if it is crazy and stressful, if you can give back in some way, shape, or form, that's amazing. Uh, I've never seen it uh, where it's been that specific. I know there are a lot of diversity job boards out there. There are some networks, and of course, I'm going to blank on this name, but I saw, I know it received some funding not so long ago. Somebody at CNBC was talking about it, but there's a network that was actually established specifically to help African-American and people of color to have support if they wanted to become entrepreneurs or if they were entrepreneurs and struggling how, how to build a stronger network with other entrepreneurs and, and leaders to help them grow their businesses, which I thought was amazing. I, I love it. And I'd say, Hey, you know, if people are willing to help. I'd like to think that all people are good and have good intentions. You're of course, always going to double check the information you're coming across. If people are volunteering that their company's hiring and filling positions, especially if you're not seeing it elsewhere. We do know that not all positions are, are ever published. Don't take that as a red flag, but yeah, take advantage of these. There's another one that I really like that's been around for a while now. It's called Alumni Fire. And that's where once they get a certain mass of people who are raising their hand from the same institution, it might be a college, a university, a high school, even sorority, fraternity, things like that. If enough people raise their hand and join that hub, it's all people who say, I want to help others from my, from my fellow alum. I want to help them. I want to offer mentoring. I want to help them with opportunities. I wanted that sort of thing. And I thought that was so cool. And you got to hit a critical mass. It doesn't actually open up until you hit a certain number. I don't know what it is, but it's so much more established at this point. I remember meeting the co-founders when it was brand new. And so there were a lot of groups that still hadn't been fully formed, but it's such a cool opportunity that if you do have a half an hour a week that you're willing to give back, regardless of background, it's such a nice untapped resource. And again, those relationships, the direct result, immediate result may not be a job, but those relationships 
are amazing and valuable tools throughout your entire career. They can become potential mentors, uh, your board of advisors, as I like to call it, since you should never just have one. You need a few <laughs> that, that, that serve a few different purposes. They can be someone who just introduces you to tools or someone else who may be able to help you with an opportunity. And I think that's amazing. Look for those and don't be afraid to check them out. Are you going to send them bank account information? Absolutely not. Anything that, that raises a red flag or gets the hair standing up on your arms, okay, take it with, with a little caution. But I think these opportunities that are popping up or these resources are fantastic and you should take advantage of them. I know Torch Capital came out with a spreadsheet that's community sourced as well. Uh, and then we're also seeing job boards pop up and apps pop up that, again, are people volunteering information or specifically for jobs that are remote for now, for those who can't travel and still are still maintaining social distancing, lockdown, whatever we want to call it right now. <laughs> I'm not leaving my house a lot, people. It's to go to Target and BJ's. That's about that's the extent of my trips these days. Yeah. But if you're in that same boat, there are opportunities and you can still both network as well as find opportunities and work from the safety of your home. Yeah, I saw recently the Harvard Business School class of 2022 put out a spreadsheet with their contact information, just making themselves available to anybody who needed to network or wanted to talk to them about their experience or tap into their connections. It's just some really amazing things going on. I think that, like you said, restore your faith in humanity. They do. The one thing I put out there is that if you find these resources and you're like, I want to talk to that person, that's great. Respect that person's time and their intention by being very clear on what you want to talk about before you jump into that. If you request the time, you should know what you want to talk to that person about. You should give them a heads up as to what type of advice you're looking for. Is it because they're working in an industry that interests you or is it the specific type of role that you're hoping to get to someday? Is it because their background based on what you've seen about them on social media and that they also returned to the workforce or made a crazy career change and you're hoping to get some pearls of wisdom on how they navigated that. But be clear up front because you want to be respectful of their time and frankly your own as well. Yeah, that's a great tip. I think it's also, it's a missed opportunity to make a great impression if you actually get on the phone with somebody from yes. one of those lists and, and you're just there like, okay, what should we talk about today? Yes. So, yeah, you, you don't assume the person you asked for the meeting has an agenda ready. It, it's actually the onus is on you to have that. These are, think of these, those conversations I would think of as informational interviews, which is an information gathering session. So you have to have some you want to do a little research on that person, find out what you can online and be prepared with certain questions based on what your goals are. Absolutely. Good advice. And I've, I'll link to those lists, the ones that you mentioned, some of those I was not familiar with, Alumni Fire and Torch Capital. And so I'll link to all of these in the show notes so people can find them. But I've just been finding them for the most part on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I think that's always a good place to find out about that stuff. Speaking of social media, how can job seekers use social media effectively to find jobs? Uh, LinkedIn feels a little more obvious. That's a big part of its purpose. But how about things like Twitter? I know you've been very active on Twitter and even Facebook. I don't know. What Do you have any tips there for job seekers? Sure. I, I think all social media channels serve two purposes when it comes to somebody who's looking for a job. One is to brand yourself, to position yourself as a certain individual in a certain profession or looking for a certain type of role. You can't ever just say, I need help. 
you have to have a specific ask because nobody can help you if they don't know what you need. So you have to be willing to ask for help, but also have a very specific ask. What type of role are you looking for? How many people have never filled out the employment section on Facebook? It's not really what you think of since it tends to be more of a personal channel. But again, we want to also tap our personal network. So if they're not aware of what you've done most recently and and what types of roles you've been pursuing and the work you've been doing as of late, assuming that relates to what you're, you're doing next, you need to put that information out there. You can't assume they're going to go and look you up on LinkedIn. So have yourself branded that way. Just make sure the information is consistent. The one thing I always say is that, yes, a, a polished resume that's succinct, that's speaking to the role that you're pursuing is still incredibly important, but it's not enough anymore. You have to represent yourself and advertise yourself consistently online, on paper, and in person or over a screen. And so be very careful about even just what title are you using for your roles? What was the start and end dates? Are you using just years or using month and years? Just try and be consistent because you want the same story to be told wherever somebody looks. So brand yourself, but then also look for the leads. I'm a part of the alumni group on on Facebook, and I found that's been very useful in terms of people mentioning where they're trying to fill a position. There, If you are an marketing there is an marketing PR that area there's a great group called it's really long it has czars and it's czars it's marketing PR media czars something along those lines you hunt for that you'll find it and that is one of the best groups it, it takes a while to get accepted into it these days because it's grown so much but it's such an amazing group of people just passing connections helping one another out figuring out who reps who and then when they have opportunities available a lot of people the first place they go is there to say, I need a freelance copywriter who's worked on e-commerce, whatever it is. Who do you know? And people just raise their hand. I've certainly filled positions based solely on that. There was never a job description published. So I think that's very interesting is just to look at where those conversations are popping up. For some of the others, especially uh, Twitter, I know my colleague Catherine swears by Twitter when it comes to all things related to job seeking and getting ahead in your career. Identify people who are thought leaders, who have a voice that they're willing to advertise and put out there for their industry or for their type line of work. Start following them. Same thing on LinkedIn. You can do it on so many of them, but follow the people who either you want to be someday or who are working in the space that you want to be an active participant in that conversation and start building what I call the online rapport. Like the things that you like about theirs, share a piece of content that you find really interesting that relates to the role and comment on it. What is your point of view? Show them that you're not just sharing things, but that you actually have a point of view on on what's going on. It also shows that you're keeping up with the trends that are going on in your field or your target field. And that's so incredibly important. For LinkedIn, there's the obvious, right? They have jobs posted. They have all that. But one thing I'd also put out there is they still have those groups going on. And look for the groups that are related specifically to your field. Also follow the companies that you're interested in. But all my recruiter friends, you could always tell when they moved to another company and were suddenly recruiting for different types of roles because all of their LinkedIn groups would change. They'd all go and change them to the groups where they thought they'd find candidates. And that may not be the number one place anymore. I don't know if it's as popular, but it's still a great spot where if you're posting and sharing things and putting out your opinion, recruiters tend to hang on, on, on the walls and listening in on those things, looking for potential candidates who may not be actively applying at the moment. And so that's another great source.
But when in doubt, start that online rapport so you can move it to perhaps a 10-minute phone call, a Zoom meeting, something where you're actually building a rapport, an email exchange where you're talking a little bit more about what you're looking for and what you have to offer. Yes, I love the idea of using those social media connections to just start start building the rapport, start the relationship. That's good entree into expanding your network, which is something that every job seeker needs to be working on. And along those lines, it seems having that network is just more important now than ever if you're a job seeker, because frankly, the number of jobs posted or publicly posted is just not what it was a year ago. So can you give us some tips on what if you don't already have a really strong network? Where do you begin? So everyone who thinks they don't have a strong network, I'm going to challenge that. Because if you, even if you've been out of the workforce for say the last five or so years because you were raising your babies and now they're in full-time school, whatever that may look like right now, <laughs> and you're ready to, to take on work, don't discount those personal relationships. I know you may have been standing on the side of the soccer field and it's more of you've had that type of relationship where you both were the class moms and that sort of thing, but move outside of those. Yes. Are you going to go up and start pinging these people and saying, by the way, this is what I do. Do you know anything? That's not exactly how it's going to work, but you do want to start checking in on those personal connections, even as much to say, how are you doing? What did you figure out for school? What's going on with those little conversations? You can very easily mention, yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm, I'm starting to pursue opportunities again, or I'm looking for work outside in this area. And I don't want to focus as much on I'm looking in this. It's more about this is what I'm great at. In the past, I was doing this and I'm looking to help other companies do X, Y, and Z. Provide X. Always think about the value. Talk about yourself in terms of the value you have to offer. And everybody does have value to offer. Don't think that. Think of all the skills. Just your negotiation skills have had to go up a couple levels with having children. So don't tell me, um, don't tell me that you haven't been practicing professional skills, but keep that in mind that you should leverage those. And then if you are looking for something that's more specific, obviously you're hoping those people will know somebody who will ultimately be connected to what you're looking to do. If you're looking to make some inroads into professionals or organizations that are related to what you want to do, start by looking at networking events. And I know everyone laughs and says, wasn't that kind of on hold at the moment? But no, it's just basically moved online. I love the site. It's called 10times.com, 10times.com. This is a site that typically publishes events some free, some low cost, some, some have price tags on them, but for every industry known, known to mankind, they're all around the world, whether it's industry related or function related, if it's specific to a certain demographic, they've got everything and anything. And now they have a whole section dedicated to which events are now virtual. It also includes job fairs. Think about the professional associations that are out there. If you Google directory of professional associations. I'm pretty sure their website and, and um, Kitty, I can give it to you after this. I believe it is literally directory of professional associations com. It's something very obvious, um, but they have a list of every professional association. Find the ones that are interesting and related to what you do, because I'm sure they're doing something that's virtual now. And that's oh, just a way to, to get involved. So don't be afraid to start doing those things. 
and then engaging with the other people who are attending. You can't just sit and listen to a presentation. That's not really going to, it may, you may get some great information, but you're not going to actually gain any contacts that way. Just like in person, if you just handed someone your business card and took theirs and walked away, that's not networking. You just passed a card. It's more about what's the conversation, what are the questions you're asking, what are you learning about those people, so you can look for opportunities to both pay it forward, as well as what they might be able to help you with down the road. That's great. I think maybe one silver lining to the lack of in-person networking opportunities now is that a lot of these groups that did meet in person and have moved virtual now, they're essentially open up to everybody. For example, I work a lot with software developers who are looking for jobs, and now they can participate in Silicon Valley meetups focused around a specific technology or programming language. And obviously in the past, you couldn't just fly over there for the night and go to the meetup, but now it's as simple as just logging in and participating in the meeting. And I guess we want to look at the positive here and see that while there are fewer events, maybe you have opportunities available within that pool of events that really weren't available to you before. And for those that would describe themselves as introverts and those things made them so anxious, you can, you get to hide behind a screen now. <laughs> Some of it's video face-to-face. -face. You actually have an excuse not to be out and about it and mingling in large groups. And so you can do more of the one-on-one -on -one community. I personally, while I can talk to a crowd, I prefer one-on-one -on -one conversations and I prefer to pair off and have those because I get more out of that than trying to hit up everybody in a room. And for those that feel similarly, this is your opportunity. Even virtual job fairs, some of them have virtual lounges that you can interact with other people as you would if you were waiting in line to talk to a specific recruiter. There are other opportunities now. And so take advantage of those. Now you can do that through typing or maybe it is even video. It depends on the technology, of course. Yeah, good point. And the virtual job fairs, that's an interesting kind of phenomenon. I know people were yeah. doing these even before COVID, but now they've definitely taken on a whole new significance. And I think I've been a little disappointed to see a lot of them tend to revolve around chat only, which mm -hmm. I think leaves the job seeker feeling like, well, I didn't actually get to meet a human. I just yeah. typed some words into a chat box. So I'm waiting for somebody to figure out how to do that virtual job fair thing really and more using video and face-to-face -face conversations, whether that's in breakout rooms or something, and relying less on chat. Have you seen anybody who's been doing that? I see it more in tech and product realm. This is even before the, the shutdown, the pandemic and everything. There, it, it, it was set up more like speed dating where I think you had to get through an initial vetting of some sort. So you were within this range of what these group of employers were looking for, but they were doing kind of speed dating video, but you got X amount of time to talk to different employers and they got to talk to different candidates. Do I know of a specific platform that's doing that? I don't No, I don't want to even say the name because I don't, because I'm not sure. And I don't want to send people the, in the wrong direction. But if I find something, I'll give it to you so you can put it in the chat notes for everybody or the podcast notes. But there are some of them out there and it's, yeah, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Look for the ones that aren't just straight up only looking, only talking to employers or recruiters. I know that I've participated in them in the past where 
they would also have booths, quote unquote, set up for career experts to help answer any questions and review the resumes if they wanted to make sure they felt comfortable before they started talking to someone. Look for the ones that may have some other additional resources or have some sort of virtual chat room. And for a lot of them, and again, you will find them on 10times.com. I've also seen them on Eventbrite. They've done some virtual fairs have been getting offered or advertised there as well. Look for the ones that have additional features give it a try. If it's awful, you can exit without anybody watching you leave the room in the middle of somebody's presentation. That is the beauty <laughs> of the virtual setting. You only have so many hours in a day just to dedicate to your job search. You want to use them wisely and you want to use them where you're, where it's making the most impact for you. Don't just try it once, but start understanding what seems to be working better for you and dedicate more time to those activities. Don't assume I should do all three of these. If recruiters aren't working for you, then don't do that. Look for job postings, leverage your network, start building inroads to those organizations, figure out what works best for you. And then really think about how you're using your time. So you use it strategically because you are busy and I get that. You have to figure out what's going to be best for you and your schedule. Absolutely. That's like the uh, best advice for 2020, right? Figure out what works for you. There's so much juggling everybody's doing. You're surviving. Give yourself a pat on the back. That's right. right. All right. As we think about wrapping up the conversation, any piece of really valuable job search advice that I did not ask you about that you want to share with our listeners today? Don't be afraid to ask for help from both your friends and your family, but also from professionals. There are a lot of free opportunities and services out there. You can get a free resume review. Top Resume, of course, is one of them, but there are plenty out there that do that. Get the review. Know where you stand so that you feel more confident in what you're doing. Just keep in mind that a job search is a sales and marketing exercise. And so review everything that you're putting out there and ask yourself, what is it saying about me? Is it positioning me, supporting me for the role I'm pursuing today? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters is everything that I'm putting out there, supporting, providing relevant information, proof of my qualifications for the type of role that I'm looking for today based on what I've researched and what I've seen out there. And that's incredibly important. It takes a good deal of patience, which anybody who is returning to the workforce or who has a family knows, you probably have a lot of that. But know that the job job search is also going to be an exercise in, in patience and time. And so you just need to keep plugging forward, keep applying, keep pursuing, keep an active level going consistently every week. And if something's looking great, don't stop pursuing other opportunities. That's a big one for me is that If that doesn't pan out, you don't want to start from zero again. You want to still have some leads that you've been working on so that um, you don't lose your momentum. Great, great advice. Cool. A lot of the things I heard you said revolved around, you almost summed that up with job seeking as a sales and marketing exercise. I think that's a really great way to look at this. And you are the product, really. So be careful about that branding and how you present yourself. Be selective about what you put out there. Try things, try everything and figure out what is working for you. Really good advice. And then asking for help and tapping into a lot of these resources that are out there, whether it's the crowdsourced job lists or access to different people or the free resume review. Great advice. All right. I feel like people have a lot to do today after hearing a lot of your ideas. Amanda, where can people find you? 
Oh, it's a great question. Thank you. Uh, you can find my most recent advice on topresume.com. I'm also available across yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram at Job Search Amanda. And that's where my latest tips and where I share um, when new events are popping up, where you can, some of them are live, where you can do Q&A and that sort of thing. So just look for those popping up as well. All right. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you. We're all benefiting from your expertise in this field. So really appreciate you being here. And job seekers, now that you know where to find the opportunities, go get them. I believe in you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Get a Job, Here's How podcast. You can find all the information from this episode in our show notes at www.backtobusinessconference.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review so that we can reach more people. Now that you know how, go do it. Subscribe to our email list at backtobusinessconference.com for weekly job search advice.